Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Hello and welcome into the podcast exclusive of Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors. Thank you so much for downloading this podcast and joining us. I am Tony Colombo, here with producer Carl Middleman. New Chad. (laughs) New Chad, my partner Bo Matthews. Happy birthday to Chad. It's Chad's birthday this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very yeah, that's cool. a great call. We got again. You didn't yeah. remember that, Tony? We got no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. That's I'm, I'm glad. That's why I'm glad Carl reminded me. Uh, Bo is here, of course, and joining us, uh, sticking around uh, from the radio show this week is our buddy Mike Marfell, the professional fisherman. Uh, Mike, thanks for putting a little OT in with us this week. Oh, anytime, dude. I enjoy talking to you guys. Always. So always. I I had to cut Bo off at the end of the radio show because we were out of time. We have lots of things that we want to talk to Mike about. So, Bo, you go ahead and go first. Uh, I apologize that uh, we ran out of time on the on the radio show this week. No, I, you know, I grew up in Minnesota where in the wintertime uh, we would ice fish. Uh, no, no ice fishing cabin or anything like that. We would just be on the ice, you know, cut a hole in the ice and, and fish. Um, and, and it's so different here. We do ice over, and the last time I just found a video, the last time it iced over on my lake, pond, whatever, uh, was 2014, so thick that it was uh, I could get my four-wheeler on there. Um, although my wife on the shore was watching me as I went around the pond, and she's like, I can see it moving. I'm like, I don't care. I'm having a blast. <laughs> um, so with the, the cold snap that we've got coming up in the next week here from the time of this recording, um, I wonder how long it's going to take for it to get to be like four inches so you can get on it. Any idea? I don't. I mean, I would say it's, it's, a, it's a formula. I mean, is it going to be cold and sunny? Is it going to be cold, sunny, and windy? Because wind makes it hard for that stuff to freeze. Uh, it, it, it yeah. could be two weeks, and I'm still not getting. I, I, I'm freaked out by it. Honestly, yeah. I don't like. Are you on, 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 Have on you the, ever ice fished? Yeah, to a degree. Or else I'm in Minnesota now. In Minnesota, I go snowmobiling. <laughs> well, I used to go every year. Now we go every couple years, and I don't have a problem because it's you know it's been that cold for months. Right. Uh, have you ever Have here, you ever man, ice fished? I, have you ever ice fished, Mike? I have, I have. When I was a kid, it was it was a small, small pond, probably a quarter acre, and it didn't take much to freeze it. And I never caught anything. I just wanted to say I'd done it. Right. I didn't even have an auger. I was using an axe like an idiot. I was out there smacking. Right. <laughs> <the head. laughs> Bo, how, how how many times did you did you do it growing up, Bo? Was it like a regular activity? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. As a kid, like junior high, uh, high yeah. school, 
um, we had a we had a lake nearby our house that uh, you know me and buddies would just go out there and and hang out and you know and fish. So it was an every winter event. But did you do again, uh, did you it, do the whole thing like put a tent up and chairs in the tent? No, no, and, no, no, no. Just out in the. I've never done that. Yeah, they've even got Airbnb. That's a pretty recent cabins. phenomenon, actually. The whole fancy ice house is a pretty recent, not recent, but in the last 10, 15 years. Right. Well, the, the Airbnb Bowen. style. Well, you're about my the, age, right? You're, I'm 50, so you're in uh, the ballpark, maybe a little less. More. Absolutely. Hold on, ice fishing huts. Back then it was. That back then it was a totally different game. Now, yeah. man, they got electronics they use. You're using TVs. fish finders and augers yeah. and heaters and TVs and. Satellite. Yeah, yeah no, no, it's that's like, true. But the ice house, you know, the ice fishing house, you know, that, you know, you would pop up like a tent or something, like you said, Tony. Right. Uh, those have been around for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes. You know, it's it's kind of like deer hunting stands. You know, they, they, they would just put them out there just for, to get out of the, the wind. But now you can go on, I think you can go on Airbnb, like on Malak Lake, which is a lake you cannot see across. So they call it the Angry Lake. When that thing freezes yeah. over, they ha- you drive your truck onto that lake to go to where you're going to your hut it's just tremendous the business that they've done and i've got friends here from this area that go up there for it because it's that fun that's awesome i got friends that go up in the summertime because the smallmouth fishing is out of this world yeah do you when you when you ice fish do you are you are you fishing for a particular species are you is it like (laughs) you're going for the bass or like you're fishing on the ice so anything like you just anything you can get is a is a win Pretty much. That but would be my, my theory. Experience. If you get a bite, yeah. Well, and I think it's a loss, right? It's time away from drinking beer if you have to deal with landing the fish. So. <laughs> well, normally if you're trying to catch a bass, you're staying up on the top. But wouldn't if you're ice fishing, you have to well, go down just, farther, right? It depends, right? yeah. The, you know, it depends on, yeah. yeah, the bass can be low or, or down low sometimes as well. Trout, yeah, northern, yeah, absolutely, they're, but, yeah. they're all up there, yeah. Most of them are anyway. all kind of suspended above the uh, – there will be a thermocline. The water's a little warmer up higher. So most of them will be up there. Right. They're not going to be right underneath the ice, you know. No. So That's I got to sure. – They're uh, going to be down a little ways. A moment uh, – a little a little uh, lesson here for everybody <laughs> as they're uh, listening to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Um, after the show and before we started recording this podcast, uh, we were talking off the air about lakes and ponds. And we were discussing what is the difference? What may, you know, when does a pond become a lake? And uh, Mike, I like your theory a lot. You said uh, an old timer told you once what the difference was. Can you, can you, uh, yeah, that? I, it was an old timer. Uh, I think he was maybe a guy I used to duck hunt with when I was a kid. And I asked him that same question. He said, if you can set in one, any one place and see the entire shoreline, that's a pond. And if you can't, then it's big enough to be a lake, meaning it's got an arm yeah. or a finger, you know, bends around out of sight. So right. I don't know. I don't know if that's true, I but like it makes sense to me. I like I like no, it that. Makes sense to me. It makes sense to me too. And I like that. I, I actually like that better than the actual definition, what which I looked up. So just uh, uh you know, just so you have a little trivia here that you can impress your friends with. Lakes <laughs> are normally much deeper than ponds and have a larger surface area. All the water in a pond is in the photic zone, P-H-O-T-I-C, the photic zone, mm. meaning okay. ponds I'm not are even sh- sure what that means. It means that, that... Probably meaning the grass can grow on the bottom, if it, I was just guessing. It's shallow enough. Well, I'll explain it. Meaning <laughs> ponds are shallow enough to allow sunlight to reach the bottom. Lakes have ah, aphotic right. zones, which are deep areas of water that receive no sunlight, preventing plants from growing. You were exactly right. So it actually sounds like the actual 
sur- like uh, uh, shoreline surface area doesn't have anything to do with it. It is. It yeah, has to do with it. how deep it is. So if uh, if a body of water is not deep enough to have uh, 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 any area where the sunlight doesn't reach the bottom, then it's a pond, no matter how big it is. And if it has wow. areas in it where it is deep enough, it's a lake. At least that is according. And I, I bet a lot of that to has Google. to do with the ponds that were dug. What what I consider a cattle pond. It's for where the cows go in to cool off. Hmm. They're all mm-hmm. shallow little yeah. saucers. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. that's the that, that's kind of what I'm picturing. So, so yeah, yeah, I guess my, so. my lake I've I've found uh, 15 feet. That's a, that's the deepest I've found in my pond lake. Well, then you probably got a lake because if it's a little bit cloudy, there's not grass growing at 15 feet. I wouldn't yeah. think. Yeah, Start my catfish starved and they they they're not down there anymore. No, remember? they didn't. They didn't starve. That's not what. <laughs> probably because it was too deep, bro. They couldn't get not, any grass. That's not what happened to those catfish. <laughs> and then did you, they, did they, you they grew legs and they out, walked Bo, away. Did I ask you that? What's that, Mike? Bo, did you have catfish like the the automatic feeders, or did you feed your catfish? No, I fed them, I, and and they knew yeah, when I was approaching them, like, the shore. The yeah. yeah, when I when I approached the shore, they would come to me. They could hear me walking. They could. They, we oh, called yeah. them our guard fish, uh, because from yeah. where we live, we can see the whole pond. And uh, if it was churning over on the far end of the pond, that meant somebody was over there. And that that that's, that's why we call them our guard guard fish. And then somebody. You know, a story along that line, Bo and Tony and Carl, a friend of mine, and uh, he has a podcast out of California for bass fishermen, and and those lakes are, they stock those lakes with rainbow trout. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they finally had to start moving where they were dumping because the bass would all congregate when that beeper would start going off of that truck. Oh, wow. Put them in the same area, and the bass right. were just annihilating the rain. So what they started doing was putting bigger and bigger trout in. Well, bigger and bigger bass started showing up, and that's when the whole swim bait craze came where guys were like, oh, wow, I can throw an 8- or 10-inch rainbow trout swim bait and catch the biggest, you know, catch bass on it. Wow. Yeah. They're, they're just engorging these 8-inch trout that they're dumping in these lakes. Huh. So. Yeah, bass are not, you know, if you start dumping on a regular basis, they're kind of going to show up. Yeah. So, Mike, we <laughs> so, were talking uh, on the on the, the show this week about what you're doing right now, this time of year, um, kind of gearing up for the new season. Um, I wanted to ask you, go, going into this season, I know that you are a big Lake of the Ozarks person. That's one of the lakes that you fish in mm-hmm. um, uh, a lot. And myself, uh, same for me. Um, have you noticed as we have gone through the pandemic and everything else uh, over the last year or so, we've 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 heard from people on this show that you know uh, a lot of people are being kind of reintroduced to the great outdoors because so many things were closed or they you know. You know, it was safer. If you were going to do activities, it was better to be outside and it was better to be able to spread out. And so people were finding parks again and and lakes and fishing and all that sort of stuff. Our friends from Bluff City Outdoors, uh, uh, Mark, was on with us a few weeks ago and he talked about what a big year it was and how it had been, you know, for decades. It had kind of been a slow decline and then suddenly it was a big spike. Have you noticed that out on the big lakes like lake of the ozarks are there more fishermen out now absolutely yeah absolutely 100 percent. it's noticeable and it's more noticeable for a guy like me that gets down to practice on you know a lot of guys that you know they're called weekend anglers for a reason right Mm -hmm. they don't have they have to work during the week well Mm -hmm. you know if i've got a tournament on the weekend a lot of times i like to get down there on a wednesday thursday and kind of practice and 
I noticed way more fishermen out on the water in the middle of the week. I and agree. I don't know whether it's because their flexible work schedule working from home or, you know, maybe they got laid off and they're like, screw it, let's go fishing, uh, you know. And, and, and along those lines, uh, uh, one of my uh, buddies that works at or owns a boat dealership, it's a good year for selling boats. Yeah. Too, it's the best year they've had in a while. I, I agree completely, uh, though, because I, you know, I, I only got to do it maybe once or twice this past year um, where I was able to stay at the lake. Through a, a couple of weekdays instead of being there on the weekend, and it used to be, and I'm by used to be I mean like two years ago. Um, if you were at the Lake of the Ozarks, even in the even in the heart of the season, in the middle of the summer, if you're there on a Tuesday yeah, right or a, Tuesday or Wednesday, yeah. yeah, it was you 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 could you could go out and and you know your little bass boat. And fly around that lake and not have to worry about the big boats and the big wakes and all that. But the couple times that I had an opportunity to do that this past year, you know, it was still obviously a thousand times better than the weekends. But there was a lot more boats on the water through yes. the week uh, than there ever was that I can ever remember before. And uh, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. What do you? I mean, what do you think? Is it a good thing or a bad thing that there are so many more people mm-hmm. out there fishing? I, I mean, I think a lake the size of Lake of the Ozarks can handle that kind of pressure. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it would be a great thing if nobody fished, right? I mean, and then we <laughs> – except for us fishermen. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Except for the tournament on the weekend. But I don't think you can – I don't really think – most bass fishermen aren't keeping the fish to begin with as uh, long as they're – you know. So yeah. I, don't think, I don't think it really harms anything. It makes it tougher on the fishermen because those fisher get a little – they're smart <laughs> in a respect, and I, I wouldn't say smart like they're thinking cognitively, but they're going to be a little reluctant to bite again after they've been yanked to, to the surface by the face. <laughs> yeah. so, right, right. Uh, that, that's my same theory. Th- too many respect. people is too much. Uh, my theory on uh, shopping at wholesale clubs, which I'm a new Costco member, and uh, and I've figured out, I've been every day of the week, you know, throughout my shopping experience, Tuesdays, nobody's in the place. So mm. that's my day. And now they well, will be. Right, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Due to the popularity of the 2A and the great outdoors. <laughs> yeah, right. Boom on Tuesdays. We've got to You're do. You're welcome, Costco. We've hey, got hey, to do this Tony, show. I looked up a little statistic. Yeah, let's hear it. We've always talked that we've always talked about how many lake, how many docks are at Lake of the Ozarks, right? Uh-huh. uh-huh. So, for whatever reason, it's pretty hard to find the actual number and we can all have conspiracy theories on why Amron may or may not want you to know exactly how many they got. But <laughs> I found an article from the Washington Post, and it was done in 2006, and it estimated 25,000 docks, which sounds pretty low to me. Yeah. But then I found an article from Ameren that the number of annual permit applications has grown from nine, from 900 a year in 1990 to more than 3,000 a year. That's new acquisitions. Wow. And that was an article from 2019. Wow. So. If you think three thousand, let's just say it was fifteen hundred a year, right? Yeah. Since nineteen ninety, just goes in the middle. That's a lot of new docks since nineteen ninety. No kidding. Fifteen hundred a year. Yeah, but and how many are replacing well do, their that's old docks. docks? That's not slips. Right. That's not slips. That's docks. So. Yeah, Carl. Carl makes a good point. How many of those do you think? Well, a lot of times, and if you're building a new dock, unless you're putting it in the exact same spot. Unfortunately, those old docks just stay there. Right. So you are just adding another dock on the water. Because you've you've been to the Lake of the Ozarks. You see, there's dilapidated docks that oh, they just yeah. abandoned. Yeah, all over the place, no doubt. Oh yeah, yeah. They're getting less and less, but 
yeah, you you can't put a dock like that in. No more styrofoam. You know, has to be the fl- no. the the plastic flotation, and all that. But Carl, when you see one of those old dilapidated ones with the styrofoam, fish it <laughs> because that 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 styrofoam for whatever reason grows algae so good. It always has a lot of bait and bluegill down there feeding on that algae. And, and there's the always flotsam and jetsam right by it. It's just it's yeah. it you don't it's a place you don't want to be, but that's probably where the fishing's the best. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. We and, have got and, to do this and, show from the lake this year. Mm-hmm. We gotta make this oh, happen, gosh. Bo. We gotta get down we gotta yeah. do this show from the lake. Mike Mike, find us a sponsor. To, <laughs> it will all go down. What's we the, can do that. Margaritaville. We, can we do that? Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. That's right next to where I stay. I stay in that cove behind Tantara Island. We could, we could go out. Island now. We'll fish. We'll, we'll fish Ooh, on my I, boat and record. And Carl will gotta, tape we'll the whole thing. Have a mini tournament. Yeah, Carl yeah, will tape the whole thing. Better idea. Yeah, Hold on, better idea. Better okay, idea. Rent a houseboat. Ooh. And then we all get on that, and we travel around, and we fish, and we party, and we whatever on a houseboat. Have you have you rented one down there? It's fantastic. I've never rented a houseboat. I've never rented one there. Maybe the station will pay I've been wanting too bad. <laughs> Probably not. You should try it at Bull Shoals, Bo, because you won't see anybody. You can be on that boat in the middle of the week and not see a soul. Can you fish Bull off Shoals. a houseboat? Can you really fish off a houseboat, though? You can fish anywhere. Of course. Yeah, but you can't get close enough to the You can't get close you enough get, to the docks. On, if you've got a cabin on the water, you can fish from your dock or your, your deck, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but yeah. you want to be able or to get up close. you can tie my bass boat up to the side of it there you, and that's day trip. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking, too. That's exactly that's <laughs> The houseboat exactly will hold the a beer. generator, we can charge the batteries, and we're good to go. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> uh, Mike, when is uh, when does your season start, and when, and when is, uh, in your opinion, when is the sort of, uh, where we turn the corner, where we go from the winter time and, 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 you know, the kind of tougher fishing that you're, that you see in the winter or the different style at least that you have to take to, um, you know, things kind of getting back to normal. When does that, when, well, when do we, when do we cross that February line? February 20th is when we turn the corner. Cause that's my first tournament at table rock. <laughs> and I told you guys that last on the radio that, yeah, it's the fishing has been good down there all year. It's yeah. a lot of the guys and my friends down there that live down there will tell you that winter is their favorite time to fish table rock by far. You know, it's clear, it's deep, the fish gang up. So, but honestly, for the, the, the really, when the pre-spawn really starts kicking up in March, yeah, mid-March is when the, when, when it gets a little easier, the, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It mm-hmm. gets just a little bit easier. Their, their, their water's warming up. They're feeling frisky. And love is in the air, and uh, that's when it starts to get a little better. But but I'm going to run down my real quick my sketch. Yeah, so my well, yeah, no, I wanted to hear it. Yeah, please do. This is this is why I don't fish much when it's not go time, mm-hmm. because I want to stay married. Uh, <laughs> so my first tournament's a BFL at Table Rock, February 20th. February 28th, the following weekend, I got a team tournament, Lake of the Ozarks. This year, I'm fishing the Toyota Series, which is the big boys. That is March 4th through the 6th. And then I turn around on March 13th at Lake of the Ozarks for another BFL. Then March 14th at Lake of the Ozarks for another team tournament. April 3rd at Lake of the Ozarks for a team tournament. Toyota Series at Grand Lake, Oklahoma on April 8th through the 10th. Then April 17th, I'm back at Table Rock for a BFL. Then May 2nd, I'm at Lake of the Ozarks again for a team. And then a Toyota Series at Lake Darnell, May 6th and 8th. Where's that? Where's Lake Darnell? break and I fish in June. Where's Lake Darnell? So it's pretty much every other every weekend. Yeah, where's Lake Darnell? So now, 
Lake Darnell is in Arkansas on the Arkansas River, basically. Gotcha. Uh, Russellville, Arkansas, kind of northeast Arkansas. Who's your no, teammate? I'm sorry, northwest Arkansas. Who's your, who's your teammate when you fish the team tournaments? Uh, Greg Glant. He's another guy. He's another Fenton guy. He's uh, he's he's a, a guy I met years ago, and I stay at his house down at the lake. He has a roofing company here, Glant Roofing in Fenton, or actually the the the, the shops in Florissant, but. Greg lives here, and he's only a mile from me here in Fenton. Nice, nice. And ironically, we met through nice. through fishing, and we've become good friends. And uh, he's my team partner. Now, this Toyota series, this is the this, I'm getting closer to your moniker of professional fisherman because this is the big boys. This is this is this this is going from Springfield Cardinals to the Memphis Cardinals. This is AAA. The next step is next step is full-time big time how do you qualify uh, for that for how did you how did you how did you uh i didn't qualify for this you just gotta have a wallet or a sponsor <laughs> entry fees are 1700 <laughs> entry fees are 1700 bucks a pop so uh and it's a three-day tournament but the payouts are really good so i'll be flat honest with the covid i struggled to find any sponsorship help so anybody out there listening that wants to sponsor a local dude fishing tournaments yeah uh, heck yeah call, call in and ask tony uh you got that right but Hold but, on, did uh, you say sponsor a, a fishing dude? Is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. fishing dude. Uh, hold on. Uh, we, we, I think we should reference uh, President Biden's uh, new uh, edict for uh, using uh, restrooms of opposite sex because maybe there are some transgender fisher people out there. How's he tying this that... in together? Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, yeah. <laughs> um, Bo, I am so sorry. The police, the, the, the woke police will come and tackle me. You're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I'm just saying. Is there not a women's are fishing you? tournament or a person's fishing they, tournament now? Women fish right alongside. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it matters. It's unisex. Yeah, fishing tournaments. We were, we were the first one to include women right in with us. We didn't even have to uh, be there told you go. by the exactly. government to do it. Yeah. yeah great. We you welcome have to wait them for the right up. To their, tell you. Their, trick is learning to, their trick is learning to pee off the boat. That is the... <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, that's one advantage. Yeah, that's Yeah, that's that's maybe one advantage I the guys do have. I have a funny story I'll have to tell about that one time, but... Uh, <laughs> When I, I, that's I, I the drew other, a woman in the, as that's a, my, uh, my a, amateur in a pro-am one time. And she that's said, the other I've podcast, Mike. Now. That's for the other podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 let's do it now. What did, she had to pee. What happened? She had to pee, and I was like, she said, don't turn around. I said, no problem. And uh, I said, well, you just holler at me when you're done, so I know I can look the other way if I need to. Right. And she said, okay, I'm done, you know, after a few minutes or whatever. And I was She like, made it happen. Made it happen. I was like, waited a few minutes, and I was like, you know, I got to ask. You didn't just pee in my live well, did you? Because I didn't hear any splitter spatter back there. And she said she pulled out of her bag a what looked like a cup with a hose on it. No and it kidding. was her sneaky leaker, and she would, she would put that in her shorts and then run the thing ah. into the lake and just squat down there, and she goes, and she had a little Ziploc bag back there. That's so, brilliant. Yeah. Even that's uh, brilliant for guys too, because you yeah, know, Lake of the Ozarks, because it feels like you're peeing in somebody's living room half the time. Yeah, or there's so many, or there's so many people around that mm-hmm. you can't, you know, you can't find that that private area where nobody, you know, can see you. So yep. okay, can, yeah, can I absolutely. can I share a quick story? Yeah, please uh-huh. do. Okay, so my my daughter served in the U.S. Army uh, in the in the big push uh, mm-hmm. going into Iraq from uh, Kuwait. She's there for like three or four months. We communicate once every other week. And so I'm like, what do you need? What do you need? Oh, Cheez-Its and, uh, and Tang and, uh, you know, for the bad water and uh, any kind of meat sticks. And I was like, okay. I said, anything else? She go- I said, what's the worst part of being out there? She goes, as a female in the military, 
you got to take 80 pounds of stuff off just to take a leak. <laughs> and right away, I go on to Google back in the day, and I punched in woman standing peen, and they had a thing called a whizzy, and uh, and it's a, a oh, yeah. plastic-coated uh, I'm sure thing. they it's had like, a lot of other things that uh -huh. came up, too, when you... Dude, I, no, I know, idiots. I know, <laughs> I, but, but I sent her a case of these things, uh, overseas and it was like currency. All the females were like, Oh my gosh, I'll trade you my blah, blah, blah for this. And, uh, and there, matter of fact, I was just cleaning out my truck the other day and I've got one for my wife in my glove box and it's never been used, but it's a throwaway deal. So similar to what you were saying, you Mike, go. that technology is yeah. out there. Man, I hate to see God, when you're... Uh... God bless female truck drivers, right, Bo? I have a sneaking suspicion <laughs> that's where that came from. <laughs> Exactly. I'd hate to see the uh, ads that were popping up as you were uh, surfing the internet after you made that Google search. The fact yeah. that your brain went there yeah. just scares Two me. Two girls, one cup. All right. Oh, okay. Oh, and oh, on that okay. note, and on that note, that'll do it for this week's edition of the podcast exclusive. Uh, but uh, seriously, Mike, before we wrap it up, um, I know you mentioned it on the radio show. Uh, tell people how they can follow you on social media. Keep up with everything that you guys are, uh, are that you guys are doing. Well, my buddy, the Tin Horse Monty, his YouTube channel. He will be my. He will be following me on every one of those tournaments that I mentioned. He will be my link and my travel partner, and we will be documenting all those pro ams and the Toyota series this year on his YouTube channel, Tin Horse Monty. And please go check them out on Monday nights. Their Monday night live thing is awesome. Uh, they have different pros, people from the industry, fish biologists, and it's it sometimes goes three hours. It goes Joe Rogan yeah. long sometimes, hmm. and it's and, and and you can you can comment in when it's live and ask questions. I've done it. Uh, it's, it's a really, really great format. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. I've 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 done it. I've I've watched and asked questions during the stream, and you know you guys uh, reply to all those questions right away it's it's really cool um are you doing it every monday are you going to be on anytime soon or no i'm going to be i think i'm coming up i think gabe reached out to me and i'm not sure the date i usually just rely on him to holler at me you yeah. know a week before or something and let me know but good i'm stuff. coming up but man they've had some really good they have one guy tony you might like anybody looking for a new boat he he has a youtube channel where he takes out different bass boats all the different makes mostly in the 20 or 21 foot range and goes through them, and they had him on a couple of weeks ago, and it was very interesting. The different, you know, giving you his different take on not only how the boat performed, but how how it fished, as far as how the compartments were laid out, and all that sort of stuff. So that you know, it's not just fishing; it's that they've had marine biologists, uh, but lots of local pros. Myself, and he's getting bigger and bigger names. He's had some elite series guys on there uh, in the last couple episodes. Mark Menendez was one of them. So, yeah, it's a very interesting format. Very nice. interesting format, yeah, no, and, and, and really they, cool. they keep growing and growing. They keep growing and growing with that. But we're going to monitor with the ten horse. It'll be our practice, and like I said, that Toyota series—that's a three-day tournament. So that's going to be a pretty cool video. You know, Gabe won't be fishing in my boat during the tournament. He'll draw another pro, but right. uh, we're going to try to do some more of hillbillies at the square table when we get back and, and talk about what our, how our day went and stuff man and, this time of year uh, you know it's like i just am craving getting out there and oh, yeah, uh, yeah. now i'm just now i can't stop thinking about doing the show we gotta we gotta find a way to do the show down there mm -hmm. and and fish yeah. together um and yeah and, and you know yeah, i, I said 
I said Carl would film it, but actually we could do like we could YouTube do two live. on two. Get horse with us, he'll film it. We could do two on yeah. two. Mm-hmm. We could we could yep. uh, you know uh, I don't know who gets Mike. That's me, that's me be and a... Carl one day. Me and no me. That's how we do. Oh, it. It's rotate a two-day format. Uh-huh. It's yeah. me and Carl one day, and then me and Bo the next. We just switch. Oh, okay. And I just get. Uh, <laughs> I just get left out. Yes. I, I see how that works. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Well, you got a boat. You got a boat. What we can make in a three-day. Hey, Tony, you right. always ask me That's about right. what, to, what to try to throw, and I thought about this. Most people are con- in the wintertime think smaller, lighter, slink slower yeah. kind of jig. You know, That is so true if you're trying to catch numbers. If you're looking to catch the biggest bass this time of year, put a half-ounce jig on with a big fluffy rubber skirt or a, li- a living rubber skirt, Trim it right at the back of the hook. Use your same big uh, trailer on that, a crawl-type trailer, mm-hmm. and just throw it. You want to go – what you want to do is you want to go find points leading into spawning coves, preferably on the north side because they're going to get the most sun this time of year, and they're going to get that south wind. They're going to be the first ones to become, quote-unquote, active. Yeah. But, and you, and you, but you don't have jig. to slow I mean, it? You, you don't want have to count every rock as you're dragging it on the bottom. Just barely move it. When you touch okay. a rock – yeah. Stop it and just let it sit there. That's awesome. Because big bass are looking for, they don't, they're, they're not looking to chase something. They're looking to have one big meal. Mm-hmm. So if you have, you know, you, you can catch smaller, you, you might catch a big one on that, but you, you, on, a, on a smaller jig, but your best chances of catching a big bass this time of year is on a big swim bait going real slow at, towards the bottom or a giant, and I say giant, but a big, fluffy mm-hmm. half-ounce jig, just like you throw in the summertime, but you just got to crawl it super slow. You got to pretty much hit him in the and face you, with it, right? Well, they'll come and find it, but you, but they're not going to rush over to get it. Yeah. So if you're moving it slow, that's why I still – a lot of guys use a trailer that has a more of a waving action, like a traditional old pork rinder or, or, or plastic chunk. I still use the kind with the flappers because it displaces enough water for them to – you know, their lateral lines for them to feel it. And they'll get their attention. It's just going to take them a while to get there because, you know, being cold-blooded, they're not going to rush over there. Yeah. But they're more likely to want to have one big meal on a big gizzard shad or a big crawdad than to chase around a bunch of little minnows. That's great information. Or a bunch of little bitty crawdads. Yeah, that is great So if you're looking to catch a big one, that's, when, that's how to do it. What's that's the uh, it. What's the depth range that's, like, perfect for that? Uh, this time of year, probably 15 to 20, 25 yeah. maybe. And you want to, like I said, you want to find a point, a main lake point with a, preferably if a channel swings in close to it, uh, that's a north-facing pocket that's got a bunch of that where they'd want to spawn, that shallow, flat pea gravel in the back of it. Well, listen, everybody. we be out there in the winter. We just found out that Bo's uh, lake is 15 feet deep, so it's... Uh-huh. There Perfect time to head on out to Bo's house. Uh, no, and go- it's a private lake. No, oh, please do not do it that. Is- it's a private lake. <laughs> it's a private lake. And I've and got there's... a scope on my rifle, and I can reach it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Razorback Armory. Yeah, yes, yeah right. buddy. Yeah. You, get those, you, get those, there... you get those different colored paint dots for your ranges painted on the back of your trees, like I told you, Bo, right? That's where you know where exactly. ranger in it. And there ain't no fish in that in that lake anyway. So, all right, that's got to wrap it up, Mike Marfell. Yeah, thank waste you. Don't time. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. And hey, you guys be safe out there. And uh, after yeah. one of these long runs, let's do it again, Tony. After the first. No, series, yeah, we'll, for we'll sure. I want for sure. Yeah, we'll get you back on uh, in in a few weeks after your first tournament or two and check in and see how it's going. That sounds perfect. I, I appreciate it. it, buddy. All right, you bet. That is Mike Marfell. Thank you so much for you, joining Joe. us. See you, Carl.
Bye, Mike. And thank you so much for downloading the podcast exclusive this week. Uh, If you haven't already, please uh, download the show's podcast as well and look for both of our podcasts that we put out each and every week, one on Friday and one on Monday. I am Tony Colombo. Thank you so much for listening. For Carl Middleman and Bo Matthews, we'll see you back here next week for another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. See you, boys. Peace and bacon grease. (laughs) (laughs) He's still there. Still sitting in his boat in his garage. (laughs) Awesome, guys. Thank you. And stop. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.